Welcome to the On Deck Circle, a weekly podcast setting the table with lively baseball banter from two guys who love America's pastime. Let's talk baseball! Welcome back into the On Deck Circle podcast for the week of September 10th, 2023. Alex is only going to be with us for a little while today. He's got a plane to catch out to Los Angeles because the Tigers are going to be in Los Angeles for the next week. And do they play the Dodgers? They play the Angels and the Dodgers back to back. Brutal. Brutal. But I heard I heard for your birthday that uh, you're going on a road trip to Los Angeles. Maybe in my mind. But yes, that uh, sounds like I'll be spending a lot of late nights. Watching Maybe through the Bally Sports North. Bally Sports Detroit. Bally Sports Detroit. BSD. Kurt Gibson can't stay up that late, so I don't know how they're going to do the broadcast, but we'll see. I heard Craig Monroe is going to be on that road trip. Yikes. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. You know what else is going to be a lot of fun? This podcast is going to be a lot of fun because today we are going to guide you through the milieu of our good, bad, and ugly. Then we're going to talk playoff races, and then we're going to hotly debate... Cy Young and MVP races, particularly in the National League. Maybe and then we're going to debate because there's a right answer and then there's wrong answers. Well, we'll see about that. And then uh, we're going to look ahead to the upcoming weekend and set the table for you so that as you watch baseball now that football's back, but as you watch baseball with earnest attention, you will know which games to watch and which games to avoid like the plague. So with all that being said, Alex, let's jump right in to our first segment. Leading off. And in our leading off segment this week, as we always do, we want to highlight some good, bad, and ugly things from this past week. Alex, what say you for your good? My good is going back to the well of the last couple weeks. And until further notice, my good is and will continue to be a man north of the border that is becoming somewhat of a folklore hero. Uh, When this man was called up, this team was on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. And now that he has graced the league with his presence, um, the team is hot and there is going to most likely be a Toronto Blue Jays team in the playoffs. And by that, I mean Davis Schneider continues to rake Davis Schneider and continues to make everybody else look like it. I'm just going to read you right through his stat line. As of this morning, Davis Schneider has had 81 at bats in his major league career. He has scored 21 runs. He has 30 hits. He has eight home runs. He has 20 RBIs. He is batting 370 and has been batting 370 for the last week and a half. He has a 500 OBP. He gets on base every other time he comes to the plate. That's what a 500 OBP will tell you. And his OPS just continues to float above 1300. It is at 1315 as of this morning. How absurd. David Schneider is an Not an American hero. He's a Canadian hero. And he is the thing that uh, we, you know, when you, when you, when you tuck your kids in bed in Canada and you read them stories about 
moose and mounties and maple syrup, you're going to add Davis Schneider to that list because Davis Schneider is just reminding everybody in Canada what it is to hit a baseball. Fantastic. And he's dragging the Blue Jays into the playoffs. He, that, you know, he is doing that. Davis Schneider, way to go. Keep it up. I will keep tracking your stats and talking about you as long as your OPS stays above 1,300. So, Wow, that's some pressure right there. It is. Not for Davis. All right. Transitioning <laughs> to my good, I'm going to read you some stats that sound eerily similar to ones you just said. 43 plate appearances, 13 runs, 18 hits, 40 total bases, uh, seven home runs. So help me if this is where I think it's going. 15 RBIs, uh, four stolen bases, 419 average, 468 OBP, 930 slugging. Who do you think I'm talking about? You're probably talking about your boy. And I thought I put a moratorium on. I'll talk my boy. Trey Turner is single handedly keeping the Philadelphia Phillies in the chase for a wild card playoff spot. Kind of like he did last night. He did in a losing effort. Game tying home run in the ninth. That's off of like. one of That's baseball's like. best closers. Rizel Iglesias. That's what I like to nickname Trey. Trey, the tie game Turner. He's not Trey Walkoff Turner. He's not even Trey. Get the team in the lead, Turner. It is Trey tie the game, Turner. And this guy, if only this guy has been help. so hot the last couple weeks. I, he was my good last week, and no, this is not a broken record. He's pretty much done the exact same thing this last week that he did the previous week. As long as multiple his- home runs. I mean, basically, he's got splits comparable to Davis Schneider. He does. Only Davis Schneider has done it his entire career. <laughs> so is Trey Turner. Trey Turner has not done it. He's done it for six weeks. Uh, he did it ever since his emotional psyche, his fragile emotional psyche was restored by the kind souls of Philadelphia. Yeah, and that's about the only a, time the kind souls have ever him, been attributed to Philadelphia. They gave him a slow clap standing ovation and it brought him out of his cocoon. It was all it took and Trey Turner's been on fire ever since. I got to go. Actually, we both got to go see him play this past week. He was uh, he tied the game in that one, too. There was a double header. Actually, he was on base and scored oh, one of the tying right. runs. Bryce Harper. He did hit a two run homer in that game. And man, there is just something about the way the ball flies off of his bat. Makes you think that there might be something in his bat. No, no, nothing quite that extreme. Trey Turner's my good for this week. I know there's a lot of other good things in baseball, like Julio's 30-30. I know Matt Olson hit 51 this past week, 51 home runs, but I'm a loyal guy. There's yeah. a lot of really great things going on with the way Trey Turner's playing baseball right now. He's my good for the week. I like that. That is good. He does. He deserves it. My bad for the no, week. My bad for the week. Okay, fine. My bad for the week is as awesome as Davis Schneider is north of the border. You go down to our southern border. And there's a story being written down there by another franchise, the Texas Rangers, how to make a non-playoff team, how to take a team where a month ago, two months ago, they were locks for the playoffs. If you looked at their playoff percentage, it was probably, you know, 90 percentile plus. And ever since the trade deadline, they're showing the league how you go from solidly in the playoffs 
to not making the playoffs at all. To running away with your division from that perspective to running, not even winning your division. Yeah, running away from it to running away from it is what the Texas Rangers are doing. The Texas Rangers aren't playing terrible baseball. They're 5-5 five and five over the last 10. But if you were going to put a like a like just a recipe together of a meltdown for a franchise, you'd do what they did. You'd go out at the trade deadline and you'd acquire some arms to help bolster your pen and all those guys would do is come in and they would blow every save opportunity that they're given a chance to save. When you had to roll this trap and talk about how he's like, I don't even want to go into the game because I'm pretty sure I'm going to be the one to give up the game tying home run or the game losing home run uh, to whoever's up to bat. You'd lose two of your key arms to injuries like they did Jacob DeGrom, and it might be that they're going to lose Max Scherzer to some time on the IL. And then f- just the icing on the cake. You'd, you'd have Robbie Grossman on your roster. You'd, you'd have Robbie Grossman fill in. But then you'd also take a three-game series at home against your rivals, the Houston Astros. And then, you know, there's rolling over playing dead. And then there's whatever that the Houston Astros, or whatever the Texas Rangers did during that three-game series. The Houston Astros were the first team in Major League history in three games to to, to, um, tally up 50 hits and have 16 home runs in a three-game span. It's a butt-kicking. Night after night after night. And uh, if you had any confidence, and if you're trying to salvage any confidence, that's not how you do it. And so even though as of right now, the Texas Rangers are tied for one of the wild card spots, I don't think there's a lot of confidence that the Texas Rangers are going to be there at the end. And they've lost a couple of their significant offensive pieces too, right? Josh Young just isn't, he's a real, he was on pace to win rookie of the year. He's there's, I don't know. No one's really talking about him coming back anytime soon. Adolis Garcia's on the IL. Adolis Garcia went down in that Houston Astros series. Jonah Heim is on the IL, right? Exactly. And so there's just like, just all the momentum is against them right now. And so if they do make it, you know, we always talk about the team that backed in to the playoffs, There's backing in and then there's whatever the Texas Rangers are going to do because they're going to do it in spite of themselves and in spite of what's gone on in the last month. But we'll see what happens. They've got some time left. They're obviously in the playoffs if the playoffs started today. But, man, it's not looking good. The New York Jets, if you will, of the uh, the major leagues. We'll call them that. Well, my bad is what I'll call the Philadelphia Eagles equivalent. Ah, the Philadelphia Phillies. Okay, dude, moratorium on all Philadelphia Phillies talk. Philadelphia Phillies are my bad. Okay, over the since the but beginning of September, so good. since the beginning of September, they've had five games where they have tied or gone ahead in the eighth inning and proceeded to lose those games. The bullpen has been atrocious. Thank you so much, Sir Anthony Dominguez, for just rolling over and playing dead on the mound for not just one, but two games of the Miami Marlins series. Those Marlins are sneaky good. Thank you. Sneaky. Thank you to the rest of the bullpen for the way that you blew the game Monday against the Braves. Thank you, Philadelphia bullpen, for the way you blew the game last night against said Braves. And, uh, you know, it's the life of a Phillies fan is a very tenuous thing right now because on the one hand, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper doing stuff that they do. And then you have the bullpen. And going back to a question that you asked me earlier this year, 
If Craig Kimbrell's coming into a to close out a game, how comfortable are you feeling? The answer to that question is very uncomfortable. Yeah. At this point, I'm turning the television off, curling up in the fetal position, and drinking Pepto-Bismol by the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Things are not well. No, they're not well. And um, it's it was it was an experience. I'll say that. It, I mean, it was fun. It was an experience going to the game on Monday because that fan base in Philadelphia, they're an emotional group of people. Emotions run the gamut in like just, you know, at bat to at bat. You just never go from seeing such a happy fan base to an angry fan base to a sad fan base in just a matter of minutes. And um, I'm ex- I mean, I'm excited for Phillies fans because they're going to get to explore some of the nether regions of human emotion, I think, over these next few weeks, which oh, I'm excited no. to witness that. So anyway, yeah, so that's my bad for the week. I love it. Can I do my ugly? Yes, please do. If it's a legit ugly, not a ugly. No, this is an ugly. And it's an ugly because it, it regards a team that's not uncomfortable with losing. They know they're familiar with losing games. They've lost games in a lot of ways this year, but this took the cake. Cole Reagans is the pitcher for the Kansas City Royals who was called up not too, too long ago. And he's actually had a pretty decent start to his career. He was pitching the other day against the Toronto Blue Jays, who we've already talked about. And here was the scene. Cole Reagans had pitched five scoreless innings, five and two-thirds scoreless innings. The Kansas City Royals were up two to nothing in the bottom of the sixth inning with two outs. First and second had runners on them for the Blue Jays. And Cole Reagans is like, let's try something that's never been done before. What is that, you might ask? He proceeded to throw not one, not two, but three straight pitches over the catcher's head away from the batter. It was a right-handed batter up. He threw it in the left-handers batter's box, and he threw the balls to the backstop three times in a row. Now, you're asking what would happen if you did that three times in a row. Well, your 2 nothing lead's going to evaporate, and the situation then is 2-2, two to two, and the Blue Jays go on to win. Um Again, not something that's shocking. The Blue Jays were expected to beat the Royals, but I say what an epic meltdown on the part of Cole Reagans. If you watch the replays on him, and I encourage you to go and look it up on Twitter, if you look up Cole Reagans and Cole Reagans Blue Jays or Cole Reagans Royals Blue Jays, you'll see this. These pitches were awful. He was falling off the mound almost like he was uncomfortable and the ball was just being chucked over the catcher's head. And the fact that he did that, I mean, it's one thing to happen once, but to happen three times back to back to back, you're like, what, what is going on? Clearly it got into his head. But anyway, Cole Reagans is my ugly for the week because it was a way... I mean, I didn't even know what I was watching. I didn't know how to process it. If I was a fan of that team, I kind of would be, I think I'd be in shock as to how we gave up that lead. Not that we were expecting the Royals to win, but I wasn't expecting to lose in that kind of a way. So Cole Reagans takes my ugly for the week. Yep. Yep. Definitely a bad look for the, for a bad team, bad team lost a lot of games this year and they'll lose a lot more before the season's over. Yep. Daunting to think of. Uh, So my ugly for the week, sticking with the flavor of the day, so to speak, Rob Thompson. 
who is the gosh. manager for I'm, the Philadelphia I'm Phillies. Take my headphones off, shut my mic off for a bit. Uh, by the way, in case you're hearing coughing in the background, I am I am dealing with something right now, but uh, don't say it. Don't say the word. I have Thompsonitis. Okay. Uh, so during said series this week with the Phillies and the Braves, the Braves have been just showcasing again why they are one of the top, if not the top team in baseball. Having seen two of their games, look, props to them. You know, they're a great team. I don't think there's a, a better team one through nine lineup-wise. I mean, uh, there's just not a weak link in their lineup. It's a great lineup, and uh, they've pitched well. And so, you, you know, as a Phillies fan, I tip my cap to the Braves. Great job. On that note, real quick, before you keep going, I would encourage you, and I know some of our listeners would like to hear this because they're Braves fans. I would encourage you, as just a fan of baseball, do yourself a favor and go catch yourself a Braves game. It was like watching the Harlem Globetrotters welcome in, or the, like the, the New York Generals welcome in the Harlem Globetrotters for an afternoon of just some good baseball. It was very good baseball. I don't, there weren't, team, there weren't errors in either game. Very well played. The pitching was good. The hitting was better. The base running was pretty decent. And uh, so anyway, my ugly, though, comes from manager Rob Thompson of the Philadelphia Phillies, who was not a fan of Ronald Acuna's home run celebration the other night. He hit a monster home run and proceeded to emphatically celebrate his home run all the way around the bases, followed by his stop and contemplate for a moment before touching third base and then sauntering on home. And he was asked what he thought about that. And Thompson said, quote, I like our guys to act like they've been there before. Now, this is coming on the heels of the Braves over the weekend clinching a playoff spot at the expense of the Pittsburgh Pirates and just demolishing the other Keystone State team that we have here in this wonderful Commonwealth. And I just, come on, Rob Thompson, you've got better things to worry about than being concerned with Ronald Acuna's emphatic home run trot. Maybe things like the way you're using your bullpen. Yeah. Why you're sitting star players during a, a key series with a division rival. Yeah. How you're using your starting pitchers down the stretch. Like that each one of them over the last week and a half plus have pitched at least or close to 100 pitches in their outings. I feel like, I feel like maybe you should act like you've been there before. Yeah. And like rather than worrying about the outside noise, yeah. worry about the guys in the clubhouse. Well, what's ironic is, is Ronald Acuna Jr. has been there before. He's been there to the tune of almost 40 times already this season. And it's what he's, and, and this isn't the first time that this has happened with the Phillies franchise. I think if you go back to a previous episode of our podcast, we talked about how the, the guys in the booth were getting hypercritical of someone. I can't remember who it was, but someone else who was rounding the bases. And it was like, these people sound tone deaf. Like this is 2023 guys. Like watch your television. Like this happens in every, t from every team. Maybe, I mean, like I, I get, I get the frustration at the, at the emphatic home run trot. The solution to the problem is don't give up a home run to this bad. Right. Right. He doesn't home run trot. If he strikes out. Right. 
So if you take care of your business against the batter, then you don't have to worry about complaining that you don't like the batter's well, antics. Okay, and if I'm the batter, and we were at the game, when he when Ronald Acuna Jr. rolls over and grounds out to the first baseman, the crowd in Philly lets him have it. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of cheering. Oh, a lot of cheering and a lot of jeering, too, towards him. And then all of a sudden, when you come up and you hit the ball 450 feet... Uh, guess what? I'm gonna take my. I'm gonna take a little more time getting around the bases. <laughs> and it's like if and if that's the thing is like if you want to if it's like I guess it's maybe the old playground adage like if you want to dish it out you better be able to take it. Yep. And it's like that's what you know I, I don't know I just feel like that sounds really toned deaf. I, mean, I know Rob Thompson's an old school guy whatever and that's fine, but it just seems like dude this is the game today. Yeah. I mean, you had a walk-off home run the other night, and the guy chucked his bat like 13 feet in the air. A bat flip. Now, several years back in our lifetime, you know, that would earn you, you know, getting thrown at the next time you came up to play or came up to, came up to bat. Yep. But you can't even do that to the Braves because if you put him on, then you got Matt Olson coming up behind him. Yeah. And Marcelo Zuna coming up behind him. <laughs> it just keeps going. Sean Murphy coming up behind him. Yeah. And on and on it goes. It does indeed. Just like this podcast is going to go on and on and on to our next segment. Now on deck. And in our second segment today, we want to give you an update on the playoff races. We are one week closer to the end of the season. And really not a whole lot has changed since no. the last over the last week. So last week... The AL West, again, the two the two races that are the tightest right now are the American League West and the National League Wild Card, with an honorable mention to the AL Wild Card, and we'll explain that here in just a minute. The AL West, as we sit at the recording of this podcast, Houston is still in the top spot. Last week, Seattle was in second place. Texas was in third place. This week, Houston is still in first, but Texas and Seattle have swapped places. So Texas now holds the second place in the division. Seattle's just back of them. And the NL wild card last week, um, you know, the Phillies and Cubs had the top two spots locked down. The race is really for that third spot. Cincinnati, Miami, and Arizona were all in the hunt with Cincinnati having the upper hand. This week, though, Arizona has climbed over Miami and Cincinnati. Arizona now is sitting in that third playoff spot, followed by Cincinnati, Miami, and wait for it, San Francisco. They're San Francisco's lurking. gotten themselves back in it. All of those, all four of those teams are within two games of the last playoff spot. Tight, tight, tight division, or I'm sorry, tight playoff race. We move over to the American League wild card, and you've got Texas, Seattle, and Toronto vying for the last two playoff spots in the wild card. Tampa Bay pretty much has the top spot in the wild card nailed down. But Texas, Seattle, and Toronto. So, you know, there's a very real possibility if Davis Schneider and company keep performing the way that they've been performing, that Seattle or Texas could wind up just not even making the postseason in general. Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts? So the first thought I have is it's it's in what you initially said, how hard it is 
to shuffle the deck this late in the season. I mean, we, there wasn't a lot of movement one way or the other. And it feels like, in, in, in particular with San Francisco, it feels like San Francisco has been lurking on the outside looking in for the better part of the last month or so now. And so they're not making a lot of progress. I mean, they're a game and a half out, but that seems like a big game and a half to try to close that gap. And so I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see, if at all, like, you know, some, you know, can, can San Francisco close the deal? Can Miami close the deal? And you look at some of the games on the schedule and you're like, oh my gosh, like I don't, even though I, you know, I talked a big talk about Miami last week, I don't like, you know, some of the games they got to play down the stretch here. That's not, that's not going to help them at all. But I'll tell you what, I feel nervous about Seattle. Because Seattle, again, we've talked about this on the podcast, like they 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 peaked and they made it all the way to first place for a day. <laughs> and then it yeah. was like, now they're a game and a half back. They're back to third place. They're holding on for their dear lives and their wild card. And it's a very real possibility that, you know, Seattle, along with Texas, you know, could be on the outside looking in when this whole thing is said and done. And yeah, so either one just, of those teams. And it's interesting too, given you know, um, well, we'll talk more about it in the looking ahead section. But there's some games this weekend where, all right, Tampa Bay, do you want to make a run at the division? Now's the time. You know, if you're going to try to make a run at the Orioles, this might be the last chance you have to do it. And if not, you know, you're you're going to start to see. You know, you're, the Braves are. You know, they've clinched a spot. They've clinched the. You know, they're going to clinch their division here the next day or so. You know, the the playoff picture is going to begin to take shape. So you know, you're, you're losing opportunities to gain ground. Um, you know, if you didn't, if you didn't take advantage of it over the last month, but I think Toronto's the team to watch, um, Seattle and Texas, who's going to, you know, who's going to get it together the next couple weeks. Um, and then, you know, can, can the Braves hold off the Dodgers? I think they will, you know, there's uh there's other things to look at there, but how, how do you feel about the Diamondbacks right now? The Diamondbacks are in the third spot in the wild I just, card. They, I, they don't, I, they don't feel like a playoff team right now. I mean, I know that would be today, but they just don't. They just, they are not the same team from the first half of the season. And even if they get in, there is no confidence that they can compete with the other playoff teams. The, the Arizona Diamondbacks are the team that beats everyone they're supposed to beat and then loses to all the playoff teams, which sometimes that's good enough to get you in the playoffs. But it just doesn't. I mean, I so, don't think I want to see the Diamondbacks play the Dodgers. So so which so which of those four wild card third spot teams do you feel best about in the National League? You got Arizona, Cincinnati, Miami, San Francisco. I know you've been on the Miami train. Are yep. you still on the Miami train or are you ready to hop off to another team at this point? The one that breeds the most confidence right now, and it's because they got two more games against the Tigers, is the Reds. The Reds could play themselves back into it. Arizona's got the better pitching of those teams. Assuming I mean, Arizona and Miami probably, although, you know, don't sleep on San Francisco. They got Logan Webb, they got Alex Cobb, they got some of those other guys out there that have but been pitching well for them. But can they hit? That's the question. That's the Giants. Like again, and that's on me because I should know this. But I'm like, I couldn't. Other than like Wilmer Flores, I think I couldn't name you anybody else in that lineup. JD Davis. I, yeah, I just say it. Just yeah, it just it's not a lineup that Mike Yastrzemski. Yeah, he's not quite his uncle, but 
<laughs> close though. No, I just, I don't know if I was there right now. I mean, I'm going to stay with the Miami Marlins cause I think they're going to, they have a team. They have just the makeup of a team that's going to somehow find a way to get in. But the reds, you know, I would probably, if I was, you know, if I was wagering anything, I'd probably do go, you know, say the reds are going to be that team because yeah, they've got the players, they've got the lineup, they've got, you know, Hunter Green's coming back off of injury. He had his first game back. He almost had at least 10 strikeouts. You know, I would say the Reds. But, all right. I mean, that's the beauty of that last spot. It's going to be very interesting down the stretch. And there, I think the matchups this weekend, again, like they do every week, ho, 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 it's going to help ho, us ho, tell the ho, story. Ho. Spoiler alert. Yo. Whoa. Whoa, boy. We still got another segment to go before we get to looking ahead there, Mr. Bays. <laughs> Let's get to the next segment. Let's let's get to that next segment. In the hole. And in this segment, we wanna we wanna look at the National League Cy Young and MVP awards and kind of weigh in on some of the discussion. I mean, the American League MVP and Cy Young Awards are pretty much shut, done, and like you can't find anything. There's no there's no talk about them right now. As a matter of fact, I was reading that one of the online sports betting websites doesn't even have Shohei Otani and the American League MVP as a betting category any longer. They just think it's that much of a lock. Yeah. Same thing with Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's running away with the American League Cy Young. Not so in the National League. Well, okay, can I give an honorable mention real quick? Honorable mention real quick. Kevin Gaussman is having a pretty is having a really good season pitching for the Blue Jays. He has. And in a year if 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 you know if 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 Garrett Cole wasn't dominating like every other category, the fact that he's like you know he's leading the league in strikeouts, I mean, would would carry a little bit of weight. His ERA is not too too bad. I mean, Luis Castillo has been good for the Mariners too. Yeah. But again, Cole has just been head and shoulders above both of those yes. guys, and so he'll win. Yeah, but it, 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 with, regard, with with regards to Shohei Otani, if they would have said on Labor Day, "Hey, Shohei's going to take the rest of the season off," I, mean, I think he still wins. I think he still wins the MVP, <laughs> even if even if he takes his last. He's basically taken this last month off. I mean, he hasn't done much by way of production, and it's still like not even in question that he's going to win the MVP. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, NL Cy Young. Yep. There are four potential candidates. On a scale of one to ten, I want you to tell me, with one being not likely and ten being very likely, what score you would give each one of these four guys. Okay. Justin Steele, Chicago Cubs. Nine. Blake Snell, San Diego Padres. Four. Now, you Justin say that. Justin Steele is going to win the Cy Young. He's got more strikeouts than Steele. Yeah, but Steele, just from, ERA, in, every, in every category, Steele has just been. His ERA, so Steele's ERA is 2.49. Yeah. Snell's is 2.52. I think this is going to, it's going to, the, the, what's going to, what's going to shift the weight at the end is that Steele is pitching more meaningful games than Blake Snell is. Would you make the argument though that, or what would you say to the argument though, that Snell's division that he pitches in is a better division than the division that Steele pitches in? Padres didn't come close to the playoffs this year. And so there he wasn't because of Blake Snell. No, though. it wasn't. But it, it, to say that stuff doesn't play a factor All right. in this. All right. And so I just like Justin Steele's been too good. But All anyway. right. So, so Steele's a nine Snell's a four Zach gallon. Honestly, I think Zach gallon. 
I'm going to give him a six. Okay. Spencer Strider, Braves. You want to talk about meaningful games? Uh, you know, Spencer best Strider. Best pitcher on the best team. Yeah. So, like a month ago, Spencer Strider's like a nine. He's probably going to win the award. And then he shot himself in the foot. <laughs> I mean, he he had some. He's had some cruddy starts uh, down the stretch here. And so, I'm going to give him a six too. Wow. So you so Steele in your mind wins. The in NL my Cy mind, Steele wins the sign unless he really whiffs down the stretch here. He's going to get if he, if he he's going to get close to 20 wins. His ERA is two and a half. He's got you know he's going to be close by the end of the season to 200 strikeouts. I mean, he's just been not average. I mean, he's been a great pitcher for a team that's needed an ace because Stroman's been on the shelf all you know the whole second half of the season, and he's run, he's 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 answered the bell. I mean, he's he has shown up. So there is a dark horse. Who whose probability took a real bad hit yesterday? Zach Wheeler was the fifth option. Of those five players, he has the lowest whip of all five of yeah. them. One point yeah. oh five, which is really really great. Yes, it is. His earned run average is comparable to Gallon's. It's better than Strider's. It's not close to Steele or Snell, but Wheeler has been a stopper for the Phillies most of the season. Yeah. And then he went out and laid an egg last night against the Braves. So, you know, he, he, his ERA is going to jump as a result yeah. of that. But I, I think... You know, you know what's interesting? You know, who, what team did we not mention at all with all the players we've named right now? The Orioles. That's because we're talking National League, Cy Young. Well, no, 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 no. I understand that. But they're not, they don't have anyone in the conversation in the American League either. That's because they're all rookies. I know. And that's amazing. I mean, Kyle like, Bradish... It's like they're going to have the best record in the American League. You know, it's going to come down to, you know, a few games here, but they have the best record in the American League, and they're not going to have anybody finish in the top five in Cy Young or AL MVP voting, which is crazy. It's just how good that team is. Anyway, that's a whole I other. Mean, well, so so I think Kyle Bradish will get some Cy Young votes. Uh, yeah, he'll get some, but is he going to finish, you know, second, third? Probably no. Top five, perhaps. Perhaps. But anyway, it's just interesting. But Okay, anyway. so let's let's shift to NL MVP. Yep. This is really interesting to me because you have the two best teams, yes, Braves and Dodgers, and the top two players on both teams are really your top four MVP candidates in the National League. Yes. At the at the head of the race would be Ronald Acuna Jr. He's batting 336, close to 100 RBIs, 37 home runs, just, I mean, racking up steals. I think he's got 64 steals at this point. He's got a legit shot at a 40-40 season. But right behind him, though, is Mookie Betts. And Mookie Betts is hitting over 300. Comparable home run statistics, comparable RBI statistics. And I was listening to uh, to an MLB network commentator yesterday who was saying, honestly, the difference might come down to defensive metrics because Betts can play all over the place. I mean, he's played shortstop, second base, right field, first base. He's played all over the place for the Dodgers this year, and he's an excellent defender, excellent arm, reads the ball well, doesn't make mistakes. You and I saw, not that Ronald Acuna is doesn't have good defense, but that oftentimes, sometimes his, his motor hiccups. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like the, the, the drive isn't there. Like uh, we were at the game we were at, there was a fly ball that he got lost in the sun and the ball landed in front of him. And he proceeded to pick it up and throw a 94 mile an hour dart to home plate to from throw the, a runner from the out. upright standing position. Yeah, fr- flat footed, <laughs> flat footed. So the tools are there. Oh, yeah. But the drive is not necessarily there. Yeah. And that could end up working against him. The third person on this list is Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman's hitting close to four, 340, is, has a legit shot at hitting 60 doubles. Uh, he's just. He scored over 120 runs. He's approaching 100 RBIs. Great defensive first baseman. And there's a possibility that he could get some MVP consideration as well. As a matter of fact, I would say he deserves more MVP consideration than Mookie Betts. Yep. Fourth on that list is Matt Olson, first baseman for the Braves. 51 homers, 130 RBIs. I am so... I just... I can't... Okay, so it, uh, that I'm not allowed to vote for MVP clearly nor should I be allowed to but if I was like I just value so much of the production that Matt Olson is bringing because at the end of the day when you like when you're splicing um when you're splicing like numbers on on batting average I mean you're not talking about like a huge variance I mean 339 336 300 you know you're getting on base a third of the time but he's hit so many more home runs He's had so many more RBIs. I mean, he's he, and again, there's a, there's so many great hitters, but a guy his size just effortlessly just just tapping the ball to the wall in right center. And so, like, I would be, I would personally be tempted to move him up that list. And he's this. also an excellent defensive first baseman. Exactly. He's exactly. got the glove. Yes. Which one of those four? Do you feel most comfortable about it? Matt Olson? So okay, would be the guy. That I still you would think. Pick? I still think it's I th- if Ronald Acuna gets forty seventy, you know, first player in history to hit forty home runs. I think he's going to get it based off of that. But honestly, like for me personally, I think Matt Olson is as deserving as any of them with the season he's put together. And if Judge hadn't just had the season he had, and Shohei was having the season he was having. Like Matt Olson has just kept trucking along for all, you know, you go back two months ago and it was like, is Shohei going to duplicate what judge did? And all along Olson is just kind of trekking along right with Shohei Otani. Nobody's talking about him. It's crazy. No, it is. And it's like, he's just gotten lost. And I'm like, you know what? He he's having an, a, this is an amazing season. He just broke the record. Most home runs in the Braves franchise history. And he's going to hit more. I mean, if he gets, I mean, for crying out loud, he's hit eight home runs in 10 games. If he does that again, he's going to be tapping on 60 here. If he can yeah. do that for the next week and a half. And so, you know, I don't know. I just, if he, if, if, okay, we've got how many days left in, the, in this month? Do we have, we got, we got 18 days left. If he hits 60 home runs, I think you have to, I would vote Matt Olson. Okay. So Matt Olson for MVP is your vote. That would be my vote, but I'm like, I'm, I'm biased. I like first baseman. I like, production i think i think there's got to be a co-mvp that happens this year yeah either acuna and olsen or freeman and Betts. i think they they should they should award it right after the dodgers and the braves play each other in the playoffs and i know that that's not how they do it no right but yeah i agree with you like in my mind it's a toss-up between the pairs like i think it's got I, i don't to me to try to splice if you take 
Acuna away, Olsen doesn't have as many RBIs as he has. Nope. If you take Olsen away, Acuna doesn't have the protection behind him. Maybe he just doesn't see yep. a good as, uh, as good a pitches as he does because Olsen's not behind it. They, they so need each gonna, other. Are you going to give the MVP to Marcelo Zuna? Uh, no. Uh, the, <laughs> and, and the same argument would go for Betts and Freeman. Like, yeah. you know, Betts sees the pitches that he does because Freeman's behind him. Yeah. Freeman's RBI total would be down significantly if it wasn't for Mookie Betts. So I think... You know, you have that that one and one A for both of these elite teams in the National League. Honestly, I think if things continue on the pace that they're on, like you said, I think Acuna and Olsen get co MVP. I think you're gonna feel you feel this a little bit, and I, I don't I don't usually put a lot of stock in it, but I think you feel it in this particular situation. I think the West Coast East Coast debate happens here. You know the Dodgers are elite. But, like, if you live on the East Coast, you just don't see a lot of Dodgers baseball. Uh, speak for yourself. Okay. I know you're, like, a junkie for the, you know, the Dodgers, and, you know, you got them on your fantasy team, and you're tracking them. But just the average baseball fan is not watching a lot of Dodgers baseball. But there's a lot of MVP fans or MLB fans that are that live out West. No, they're exactly. And so it's just, like, you know, they're going to – I think there's – um there might be the like the average baseball fan might be surprised that there are two MVP candidates playing for the Dodgers. I mean, um, I, I know that I know that you think it goes to Olsen. I think to me, I think the debate was settled at that four game set that they had a couple weeks back. Yeah. Olsen and Acuna both showed up to play. So did Betts and Freeman. Honestly, all four of them had a great series. The Braves taking three out of four from the Dodgers, though. Yeah. To me, I think that was the the death knell. For Do you think that uh, that ball the Dodgers boy, MVP issues that ball boy in Miami cost Freeman because instead of getting a triple on that play, he just had to stop at a double because the ball boy picked the ball up and chucked it in the stands. <laughs> that was funny. That, that might have been the, that might have been the one base he needed to boost his OPS, and instead it was like, oh, you got to stop at second because that kid threw the ball in the stands. And that didn't even make it into our ugly for this week. What a shame. It's <laughs> such a good play, though. What a shame. All right, let's move ahead to our last segment this week. Batting cleanup. And we want to look ahead real quickly to upcoming matchups this weekend. And honestly, there's some good baseball, but there's nothing that's like jumping off the page at you. There, there's two matchups that I have. I feel like we've had some of these matchups like recently in recent memory. <laughs> like, I, I think so. The, the big storyline for me is... Miguel Cabrera getting ready to ride off into the sunset. Thank you. Los That's a Angeles. It's a class move. Being there, he, the six games out there with the Angels and the Dodgers. Miguel Cabrera has had a lot of games in his career against both of those teams. The last hurrah for him, he got some pretty legit gifts from the New York Yankees. He did. It'll be interesting to see what kind of treatment he gets in Los Angeles and what kind of show he puts on in Los Angeles. Uh, you know, I think that's just a great storyline to follow as he's making his rounds, particularly as the season winds down. He's he's been hot recently. He's been hitting the ball. He's been playing with enthusiasm and vigor. And I think that'll be an interesting storyline to watch. Three games with the Angels, three games with the Dodgers. Just something to keep an eye on when he comes up to bat, see what he does. I think it's interesting because he needs... You know, I don't. You know, it's like this is almost impossible given just the rate he's been hitting home runs. He just needs two home runs to tie Eddie Matthews and Ernie Banks at five twelve. 
that'd be awesome if he could somehow find a way to hit two home runs before it's all said and done. He needs five hits to catch um, Adrian Beltre, which and I haven't brought it up on the podcast, but if you know anything about Miguel Cabrera, him and Adrian Beltre were good friends throughout the majority of their career. Peers. I think it uh, I think it means a lot to him to catch and pass Adrian Beltre before he retires. So that was always the name that was floating out there. Like he's going to get one more hit than Adrian Beltre. And then I wouldn't be shocked if he just tells Hinch, like you can sit me the rest of the way or like whatever, take some time off to get some young guys, some playing time. Um, but matchups, yeah. matchups that you're looking at. So I already mentioned it. Tampa Bay's in Baltimore. Yep. This is their chance. If they want to make this a race, this is their chance. Flip side of it, Baltimore. You want to win this division? Win it this weekend. You know, both these teams are going to be in the playoffs. Win it. Um, The other one I'm looking at, Chicago's at Arizona. Uh, Wild card implications. And then an interleague one. And again, this is why I didn't feel good about Seattle. Seattle's got the Dodgers coming into town for three. You know, you're on the fringe and then, yeah. And then you got the who's who of teams that play losing teams. Uh, San Francisco's in Colorado. Philly is in St. Louis. Texas is in Cleveland. Got to get your stuff right. You know, if you got to, if you got to write the ship, if you got to make up some games, those are some games you can do it. If you're the Phillies and you want to solidify your, you know, your spot at the top of the wild card, then do what you're supposed to do against St. Louis, but they're all games on the road. San Francisco is in Colorado. Philly is in St. Louis. Texas is in Cleveland. Definitely some interesting baseball for this weekend. And, uh, you know, watch some games this weekend, not just football, just because football starts nothing really meaningful happening in football right now. Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles. (laughs) Continue (laughs) watching baseball. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to you next no, week. This is the, this is the heat of the pennant race. It is. And so, you know, people always talk about the pennant race and it's not quite the same as what it used to be, but it's, you know, divisions are one wild card spots are one. And, you know, for some of these teams, every game is starting to get a lot of weight. Cause we've already mentioned it. There's not a lot of room for, you know, you can't, you don't have a lot of room for error here. So if you fall three games back at this point, you got a real uphill battle ahead of you. So, well, watch some baseball this weekend and uh, give us some feedback. We got some feedback this past week from a loyal listener, and we'll look forward to incorporating some of those suggestions and and comments in future. Feel free to email us and uh, reach out to us through our social media pages, Facebook and Twitter. You can find us. And until next week, we're out of here.